you know, it's almost, un I use the word uncanny, I guess I should use the word supernatural, how the gospel passage seems to always relate incredibly to something that is going on in our world. Now, please don't get angry with me. I'm bringing out my cell phone for a purpose. Now, today, before I tell you what this monumental event was that happened 20 years ago, this very minute, because it is 6 o'clock, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 3 p.m. in Poland. Before I get there, let me read this. Well, you know what? Actually, let me switch that up. Before I read it, let's look at this gospel passage. All right. Now, injustice, the fewer hours a man worked, the less pay he should receive, right? So somebody working less than another person by justice should receive less. Now, those workers who had worked all day expected more. We understand that. That's kind of our human way of looking at things. In one sense, okay, they had a right to complain. I worked more than this guy right? But they forgot that they had agreed to a certain wage. They forgot that. Here, the master knew that to be unemployed for even a day was probably great stress to this family. He knew that maybe only one hour of pay was not enough. So what did he do? He knew that if the worker probably went home with less than a full day. There would not be enough for his family. But the key is the worker was willing to work. We're not talking about entitlements here. We're not talking about communism. We're not talking about giving out to those who are not willing. Paul says, you do not work, you do not eat. We can't lose that. But the message is great here. Therefore, this owner, now, you know, it's, it's interesting because the owner went beyond justice. Justice was that he gives them less. The owner went beyond justice and gave them more than what they were due. That is mercy. Mercy. Those who worked all day lost nothing. Justice was served, but mercy was added. The first workers are objecting not to injustice, but to generosity and mercy. God is generous in opening the doors of his kingdom to all who will enter, early or late. It is not the time, but the motive of one's labor that matters. Same with prayer. It's not the amount of prayer necessarily, it's the love by which we pray, right? can make all the difference. The whole point of work is the spirit in which it is done. Same with prayer, all right? The first group, they had a contract. We will work if you give us exactly this amount of pay. Well, they got it. They were concerned with getting as much possible out of the work, but in the case of those who came later, there was no contract. They wanted to do was a chance to work and left the reward to the master, whatever he determines. The key is they were willing. They had the heart. They weren't expecting entitlements. They weren't expecting free cell phones. They were willing to work. 
Now, they came in the first hour, the third hour, the sixth hour, the 11th hour. This is kind of like us coming to God in our infancy, our youth, our adulthood, our manhood, our declining years. Whenever you come, people always say, gee, why, why don't I just live a death or a, a whole life of sin and enjoy life and then have a deathbed conversion? We've all asked that question, but it's not that easy. Yes, God welcomes us, some early, some later, like the thief on the cross, deathbed conversion. So God's manner of rewarding us is not like our practice of rewarding. Heaven is way more than we deserve, and hell is way, way less than we deserve. Think about that. That's mercy. Heaven is way, way, way more than we deserve, and hell is way, way, way less than we deserve. That's amazing. That is mercy. So law tells us, if we look at the law, yeah, get what you deserve. But God goes beyond that. It's important to see that this landowner did not treat anyone unfairly. Everybody was treated fairly, yet he was more generous to those who trusted him. The first ones, I don't trust in you. I want an agreement. I want a contract, and you pay me what I get. The other ones who came late, I don't need a contract. I just trust you. That's what trust is. You know, I try to tell the employees here at the Marion Helper Center, and I can see that growth over the years, especially in the last, couple, last year or so that please don't treat this as a job. If you're only here for a paycheck, and I know that's easy to say because there's mouths to feed, there's bills to pay. Trust me, I get that. I, I was in that same boat for 20 years before I became a priest. So when we look at it just as a job, just a contract, yeah, God will give you what you do, but that's it. When you trust him, He's going to pour more. <clears throat> He's going to pour mercy. Now, we can be assured that God will never, ever be unfair to us. But for those who trust, he'll bestow something even more, mercy. That is the meaning of 20 years ago today. At this very second, August 17th, 2002, at the 3 o'clock hour in Poland, which it is right now, John Paul II entrusted the entire world to divine mercy. One of the single greatest acts of consecration in history of the world. Nobody knows. In fact, I forgot. Brother Mark was the one who reminded me this morning, like, oh my gosh, that's right. Divine mercy, he consecrated the International Shrine of Divine Mercy in Wadgivniki in Poland. Here's what it says. Standing before the image of divine mercy, the Pope said, I wish solemnly to entrust the world to divine mercy. He was reading this 20 years ago to this very minute that I'm reading this to you now. I wish solemnly to entrust the world to divine mercy. I do so with the burning desire that the message of God's merciful love proclaimed here through St. Faustina 
may be made known to all the peoples of the earth and fill their hearts with hope. Now here's what's powerful. He finished with this prayer. So I ask you to join me now in your hearts with this prayer that John Paul read. God, merciful Father, in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have revealed your love and poured it upon us in the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. We entrust to you today the destiny of the world and of every man and woman. Bend down to us sinners. Heal our weakness. Conquer all evil and grant that all the peoples of the earth may experience your mercy. In you, <clears throat> the triune God, may they ever find the source of hope, eternal Father, by the passion and resurrection of your Son. Have mercy on us and upon the whole world. The effect of that prayer and the consecration of the world to divine mercy is up to us. It's up to us. God wants to pour that mercy upon the world. But are we opening? Are we, do we have that vessel of trust to receive it? Jesus said, all grace, all of it, comes through the vessel of trust. Trust is the vessel by which all grace is received. The world's not trusting. This is why we're not receiving this mercy right now. We're not receiving this grace. The world is trusting in sex, money, and power. That's why our, our men here the last days have been taking the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Poverty to overcome the God of the world of money. Chastity to overcome the God of the world of sex. Uh, obedience to overcome the God of the world of power. John Paul had it. So we finish. You know, I, I, I got my notes out from, from years ago, and I, I found this note that I had written down years ago. And I don't know even where I got this, if I, I got it from a professor, if I copied it out of a book, but I got it from somewhere. For the Jews... After bearing the yoke of the Mosaic law for so many years, received nothing more than what was promised them from observance of the law. The law, they had their contract. While Christians receive a more plentiful reward for their more easy labor under the sweet yoke of the gospel. Hmm. You know, Christ said to the Jews that tax collectors and prostitutes would enter heaven before them, right? The Jews think, thought that they had a privilege. They're the chosen people. They're automatically going to get in. Some long-term Christians. Crack Catholics do we think that. But we don't. We have to trust. We have to live mercy. We can lose it. We can lose it. If we're not careful, we can lose it if we don't labor in the vineyard. Look at Europe. Well, you know what? Start with the Jews. Christ came to the Jews and offered them first the opportunity. 
to be his people. What did they do? They reject him. So what did God do? He took it from them. Took it to Europe. Europe embraced it for centuries. Then what happened? Europe lost it. Europe lost it. So then what happened? God took it to the new world. Brought it to the people of the Americas. And for there it, it uh, blossomed for a few centuries. Now what's happening? We're losing it. We're dropping it. So what's God doing? He's taking it now to Asia. The underground church. God bless those true Catholics. You know, the first reading Joseph just read, beware of the wolves, beware um, of the shepherds that don't take care of his sheep. Our own shepherds in our church have abandoned the Catholics in China, allowing the Communist Party to pick the bishops seriously. We pray because that's when our shepherds have gone astray. Instead of defending the sheep, they sell them out. That's what our Lord is warning about here. And our own bishops in our own country, pray for them. Because we have bishops in our own country that are limiting worship, but yet promoting agendas of social justice movements that are everything against Catholic Church teaching. Abortion, transgenderism, redefining marriage, Marxism and communism. All of these have been condemned by the church, yet we got bishops promoting that, kneeling in honor of it. That's the wolves in the sheep's clothing. Those are the shepherds that are not taking care of the sheep. So there is a warning here. And if we don't respond, God's going to take it right from us, and it's going to those now in Asia. Guess what happens after that, everybody? The gospel has now reached every corner of the world, and that is the requirement before the second coming of Christ, that the gospel reaches all four corners of the world. It is happening right now. That is why John Paul II consecrated the world to divine mercy. And we're going to read in the Diary of St. Faustina what that meant. Wow. Unbelievable what God is giving us to wake up. And we're not listening. So to finish, I think this is so important. The landowner was surprised to find people idle. He had plenty of work to give them. So why are any of us remaining idle? Why? Get out into the vineyard. Well, Father, I'm sick. I'm bedridden. I can't. Absolutely. You're the most valuable of all because you can offer up those sufferings. You can offer up those trials, those tribulations to help spread God's mercy around the world. You know, the Christian works for the joy of serving God. I certainly don't do this for the pay. I get 50 bucks a month. <laughs> I am hardly in this for the money. This is not, this is not, you're not in the priesthood to get rich. You're in it to serve as best you can. Now we're full of faults, we're full of brokenness, we still have selfishness and impatience and, and gluttony or, or whatever we're dealing with. But we can earn, earn the beautiful salvation of souls through God's grace and mercy. He does it, it's his grace, not us but we can merit it, help it. You know, if we earn great rewards here in this earth, you've earned your reward, Jesus says. My reward in heaven will be less. So don't strike after, strive after human 
reward, money, sex, or power. Strive after the reward in heaven. A man who never thinks of the rewards here, that means he's poor. And it'll be the poor who will be rich. Praise be to God for what happened 20 years ago at this very minute as John Paul II consecrated the world to divine mercy. You know, it's funny because I kept thinking, man, how many priests are going to be talking about this today? I wouldn't have if it wasn't for Brother Mark. I forgot. So let us now who know this, spread this message. Tell everybody. 20 years ago today, John Paul consecrated the world to divine mercy. What have we done to spread it? It's a good question. But you don't have to be a missionary to Africa or a missionary to South America. You can do it from your own prayers, from your own bedroom, offering up your own suffering. If you can get out there and do it in the vineyard, God bless you. God's reward will be great in heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.